All right, we are back with another fun-filled, exciting episode of the Christmas show. Uh, it is Bengt, it is Gillen, and we're here to fill up your day with vegetable. Oh, is it a vegetable? Is it? Veggie? Veggie? Is it veggie? Is it, is it some mystical oriental device that transports you to another place in time entirely? For video gamers, I think it's a bit of both, really. Yeah. It is Banks' trip to Super Potato, the world-famous three-story-high haven for every Japanese game ever in the bustling streets of Tokyo. One of our favorite spots here in Akihabara, Tokyo, is uh, Super Potato. And long-time viewers will have seen uh, shows that we've done here before. But we thought we'd uh, go back here and do another show, a little bit of retro love. And we'd also try to point out exactly where this place is, because it's kind of hard to find this place, even though it's uh, three stories of uh, retro gaming goodness. It's uh, Tucked away in a side street, the, the main street here in Akihabara is, is right next on that side. And we've got the big uh, Kotobukiya store here, which is a little bit easier to locate than, than Super Potato. So let's take a look at the first floor here of uh, Super Potato. Down here we've got some um, Virtual Boy games and some Dreamcast titles. Uh, I think this is uh, somewhat of a, of a bargain section. You can find a classic here, Virtue Striker 2, uh, for just 50 yen, which is, I think, about half the price it costs to buy one credit in the arcade, so it's quite a bargain. Let's start out by taking a look at the hardware section here. Uh, obviously, we've got stacks of Famicom, uh, we've got the uh, disk system here. Uh, Perhaps uh, Westerners aren't that familiar with that one. Uh, we've got a Sharp Twim Famicom over here. And Super Famicom, obviously. Here obviously got some sample machines. Uh, as you can see, there's a number of uh, Famicom discs in this one. The Famicom box. That's similar setup here for Super Famicom. It's a section that's dear to me, the Sega section. There are some Dreamcasts here. And then the Mega Drive. Master System. Here we go to uh, what's probably the more uh, lucrative section of the store uh, with a lot of uh, rare games. As you can see, Mega Drive titles going for 98,000 yen here. Quite a lot of money. Um, there's a WWF, what's called back then, for 88,000. Uh, down by my feet here, we've got the uh, Locked in uh, Neo Geo titles. Uh, I can see King of Fighters 2001. Uh, big boxes and quite hefty price tags as well. Uh, some of the games here are going for as much as 75,000 yen, which is a lot of money. Here we got the Virtual Boy, a uh, demo setup. Um, I think it came with uh, bags if you threw up. Bit, uh, bit of a flop that one. So uh, let's move up a flight of stairs. There's a lot of guidebooks and stuff like that here as well. Um, and as you can see, they're quite, quite beautiful. Um, and there's a lot of work put into them. Interesting to see just uh, the massive uh, selection of, of guidebooks. Sony, got the uh, Atari Lynx over here. 
I think the, the widest handheld ever made. This is the RPG section and I think RPGs is something that the PlayStation was is very much uh, remember for. You got Final Fantasy over there, you got the Tail series here, uh, Chrono Cross. Behind that section here we got some uh, soundtracks. Uh, big thing here, big deal in, in Japan. Lots of the biggest series have uh, both orchestrated and, and original soundtracks released. <laughs> Those, uh, I, I don't think anyone would name a game Banana today, sadly. They're there's lack of those those titles. Here's the uh, handheld history of Nintendo. Uh, got some Game Boy games. Got some hardware units over here. And we've got Nintendo 64 down here on the floor. Uh, both box games and cartridges. And here's a classic. It's actually not that cheap here in Japan. 5,500 yen for just a cartridge. GoldenEye007. I think some of the more expensive ones here are uh, the uh, Crystal Climber. In the back there, 52,000 yens for that one. Um, you, what's, usually, what's interesting is that it's, it's the games that didn't really become successful that are now expensive because no one bought them and they didn't make many of them. So it's the, the failed games that actually carry a, a premium value these days. Obviously some other stuff as well here, not just games, not just hard stuff, some, some softer, more cuddly things as well. But let's move up to the final floor and uh, see what they've got there. And this floor isn't actually retro video games, it's arcade games, so uh, they got a bunch of old classic arcade titles here. Got Wonderboy Monster Land, uh, we got Pac-Land. Uh, some sit-down cabinets over here, as you can see. More modern stuff here. Bomberman, King of Fighters, Splatterhouse, Double Dragon. I'm sitting next down here next to Versus Super Mario Brothers uh, sit-down cabinet and uh, signing off from Super Potato in Akihabara, Tokyo. I hope you enjoyed our brief little guide guided tour here of, of uh, the premises and uh, if you happen to be in Tokyo I would definitely recommend a visit to Super Potato. Super Potato, you've, you've been to it more recently, I, I got there a couple of years ago, um, but since it's fresh in your mind, would you like to... I, I actually gone there four years straight, so this was the fourth, uh, fourth time for me to visit the shop, or maybe even more, but I've been there every year, last four years. Yeah. And um, you know it's it's funny, you know most it's mostly the same. Mm -hmm. Old games don't change that much. Sorry to spoil it for you, but you know that's that's actually true. They do add some sections now and then, and uh, I think some of the funniest things for me to see is like the import sections, mm -hmm. where they bring sort of Western things, and they have some Xbox games, and they have some you know Atari systems and stuff like that. Because it's just it's just weird to see it like that. You know everything's that foreign to me. It's like, oh, we have, we have, uh, you know, Famicom Disk Station, you know, stacks and mm. stacks and stacks of games, and we have, you know, Turbo Graphics and, uh, you know, anything you'd imagine, and you know, the MSX and you know, things like that. I think all that it's it's unique in itself, though, that you would never get that anything. Well, certainly in the UK, uh, for us, we would never have something which I, I feel we should have a shop that basically keeps 
cartridges and CDs, classic games mm. in pristine condition. Yeah. Because people do cry out to have a chance to play these these, mm. these games, and you just can't. The only way is emulation or yeah, or Xbox go line. to eBay or whatever, yeah. you know, trying to pick them up, and then you never know, and then then it's a whole sort of enterprise. But it's really nice to sort of, you know, I think there are a few initiatives like mm. museums that are trying to get it going. But of course, this is like a living muse museum, and, and the beautiful thing is is how how meticulous the Japanese are about their boxes and mm. about you know keeping things in in good condition. So it's it's I don't think any used game shop would ever look like that. Yeah. Here, I think uh, you get a lot of, you know, stickers. On and it yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's we, we were sort of discussing this before. We we, we sat down about how um, you picked up a couple of Virtual Strike. I picked up a couple of Pilot Wings, and it was almost like the day and date that they actually came yeah. out pristine. It was, no mark was on in them. the original plastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, it's basically if you ever get a chance to actually go over there. I mean, obviously enough any gamer will want to visit there anyway, but it, it's definitely a, it's a sight to see. Yeah, and, as and, and you know, if you've got room in your suitcase and, and you know, the willingness to spend a lot of cash, you can, you can pick up a lot of stuff pretty cheap, I mean, mm. comparatively in, in the condition that it is. Even though I'm sure there's a lot of cheaper places in Japan, it's just that this is the tourist trap number one, and yep. at TGS it's just full of Westerners, you know, <laughs> it's just everyone who goes to TGS is there, so. Uh, running into a lot of people. Like, oh, anyway, we, got the, we got the sign. We got the sign. We, 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 we can talk about TGS in Japan for quite some time, but yeah. um, I think it's that time of the day. Oh, drum roll or whatever. Ring. Fantastic, as we have a That's drum right in front of us. Signal. Yeah, going like that. Yeah. It is competition time. Yes, and that was Raymond, one of my uh, all-time favorite Frenchmen. 
And uh, the question today is, um, and the answer, you'll find the answer in the trailer. What is the sixth way in which to beat the game? And if you do think you do know the answer, just simply stick it in an email to us. Email address you're looking for is xmas at gamereactor.eu. Put the answer in the subject line of the email, fire it across to us. You have until tomorrow's show to enter, at which point we will perhaps pick someone, a name from the hat or inbox tray of our choice. If you're a winner, you'll know about it. You will know. Believe me, you will know. But um, I think that's all the time we have for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, also, just wanted to say, obviously enough, check us out um, on the website as a full. And we also have uh, the Game Reactor iPhone app, which you can download for free off the App Store. And there's also the iPad magazine, which again is free on the and, App Store as well. And I have to say for all those Android people out there, we're working on it. It's coming someday. I'm putting a fire underneath the coders pass right now, but sooner rather than later. That's all we will say. As for, we should mention basically what you can win if you do enter. Uh, we're going to show you now. <laughs>